0: All right, good. Now, um, one last thing. To set the levels, would you um, would you sing a song real quick?
1: Yes. Is there a particular type of song you would like?
0: Something show-tune-y.
1: Okay. Because uh, you know my affinity. For show-tune.
0: <laughs> for the show-tune. Um,
1: let's see. One singular sensation. Every little step she takes. One da. One Dubby doobie dubba, every step that she takes. One smile, and suddenly nobody else is here. You know you'll never be lonely with Yuna. Not one moment in her presence, and you can forget the rest. For the girl who's second best to non son, ooh, ha, give her a sensation, do I really have to mention she? <laughs> what key am I in now? One, <clears throat> yeah. You're a monkey. I'm a monkey. That's the key. Oh,
0: <laughs> all right, we got it, man. All right all right i think we're ready to go man are You yep. ready
1: to go i'm ready to you go you want some of this you or that the experience oh always every day all
0: right love it i'm gonna hide my coffee behind there i love
1: it are you going to drink the coffee because yeah
0: if you drink it then right i'm just trying to clean it i'm trying to clean the set all right all right so you are an experienced podcast interviewee i am have you ever been a podcast interviewer?
1: Uh, I have not.
0: I have five times. You're number six. Yay! And uh, so today, I'll tell you how I'm going to throw it down. We will. We're going to chat it up. We're going to chat it up about um, you, which is your favorite topic. Second favorite.
1: Second. I was about to say. Who's
0: your first favorite topic? You. That's right. <laughs> and um and so we'll we'll and we'll talk about growing up in the land of the of the Bucky, red buck the red the, the red buck. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about childhood and teachers yeah. and teaching and Great. those who have Great. impacted your life and has caused you to wear costumes every day. And we will talk about <laughs> your um, uh, experiences uh-uh. going through school and kind of what that was for you okay. and and what led to you becoming the phenomenal educator that you are today and human being and the impact that you're having on the world. And, um, and we won't leave anything out.
1: Great. I'm ready.
0: Here's We, we, have, we, have, we have one rule. Yes. Um, no crying. No,
1: no crying in baseball.
0: <laughs> we encourage crying, man. If you're not crying, you're not trying, okay. and that's what I always say about teaching. And so, um, and so here it is, man. We are looking for complete authenticity, and absolute truth, and emotional nakedness, and um, and don't censor things. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna edit anything, just so you know. Right. And so when somebody Googles Tina Sabuco, this is gonna come up. Yes. And they're gonna see everywhere. This my other podcast. Yeah. So I want you to think, <clears throat> you know, as as we're talking, you know, just keep in mind, everybody, everywhere, forever, this is documented and all we'll right. hear every word. So um we need the true you. I I'm here. Did you bring her? I'm here, baby. All right. Now, um I'm ready. All right. I'm fired up. I but this is the one I've been looking forward to. As, I look forward to as, all of them.
1: As as have I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna kick it off. You ready? I'm ready. We
0: are rolling. Feel it? You feeling it? It's coming. Let's hit I hear it. it's coming. Tina Sabuco is in the house. Yeah, baby teaching a Rockstar podcast episode number six that's the american idol post I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the voice and everybody post, else right, yeah and so we have tina sabuko in the house we're gonna talk about it all we're gonna get to the bottom of things with tina and uh, right listen listen before we get started keep in mind we have a lot coming up teaching a rock star in january we have in service dates in taylorville illinois we have arnold missouri also in january we're coming to florida get ready florida we're coming back for you tampa fort lauderdale jacksonville
1: floridians in the house
0: there you go represent and then also in you know in february we're coming back to texas with san antonio and houston Woo-hoo!
1: Are, you, are,
0: are you are you are you going to come to the houston show
1: what when is it
0: i, I don't know the exact probably
1: date. i've been to all of the houston right.
0: shows very so you was I'm a, a veteran for fourth time it would it will be right yes it would be fourth very nice mm-hmm. and you've sat there and you've participated and you smile and you cry and you mm-hmm. have a good time you, you, take your, you take notes you take notes We still haven't talked about the last one. I know. I have them still. (laughs) All right. So Tina's here. (laughs) Tina, tell us a little bit about you have a company here in Houston, Texas called Arts Alive. Arts Alive. And we're going to get to, uh, we're going to cover everything. We're going to take you through your timeline of educational impact that you've had on your life and that you have had on the lives of others. And, uh, but let's start, uh, currently you have a company here in Houston called Arts Alive. Arts Alive. And tell us about it.
1: Well, I think it would be better for my puppet self to tell you about it a little bit, don't you think? Yes,
0: I had a feeling going to bring the puppet self. The alter ego.
1: The alter ego.
0: And this is how she orders at the drive-thru, by the way.
1: Yes, every time. Hello, Hal. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly how I talk. Uh, This is my puppet self, Tina, with her Arts Alive shirt on, waving to the camera. She likes to wave. And uh, yes, well, I'll tell you. I'll have my little puppet Tina here for a minute to tell you about Arts Alive, which started in uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. So we are in our uh, 18th year, which is amazing. And I started Arts Alive all by myself and did it for two years. Tina, Tina wants to go over here. Hi, Hi Tina. Um, and I think it's
0: creepy, freaking me. Out. <laughs> <laughs> we all
1: have puppet selves at Arts Live, by the way. Um, I started it in Houston because I saw there was a need, uh, especially in the preschool sect, um, for the arts, uh, creative drama, creative movement, music, dance, visual art, all together, which is called integrated arts, which is what we do. And I uh, just started presenting at conferences, and pretty soon people were coming up to me and saying, I've been looking for you for a long time. And I'm like, I'm here. And then I would start to teach at their school. And uh, in the first year, I had about four schools, and now we have about 40 different schools where we teach. And um, throughout the 40 schools, like at, at certain schools, we're there three days a week, Mm, noon to I mean a uh, nine to noon and we have uh, their whole school involved in some schools we have uh, once a month every other month whatever people want us to do
0: and so in let's let's look at one one let's say it's an elementary school yes and let's say cause I know you guys do some uh, during school time and also some mm-hmm. after school time let's say it's an after school time mm-hmm. and and the, let's, let's say we have 30 kids in the class, what might a typical class look like? First of all, how how long is it?
1: Uh, anywhere between a half an hour to an hour, mm-hmm. depending on what the school wants and uh, the age of the children. And a typical class would, if somebody was just coming in and watching... Um, what they would see is all of the children, including the teachers, uh, going through a story that I've created that has a beginning, middle and an end and is um, interwoven with music. And we are all being different things throughout whatever the theme is. For instance, if the theme was um, fun on the farm, which is one of ours, um, we would be uh, going to grandpa's farm. And um, when we go there, we would be traveling through uh, by train by plane by automobile (laughs) and we would be becoming all of those things and then when we get to the farm where the lambs where the the mice where the cats and um, the difference when people start to talk about what we do uh, the difference between like they say oh so you're putting on a play it's not um, product oriented oriented it's uh, process oriented so Um, everything that we're doing right at the moment is the most important thing. And we are, um all becoming those things. It's not like you're playing a sheep, you're playing a mouse. Uh, We are taking the children through an experience so that they um, feel wonderful about their bodies, feel wonderful about working together with other children. Um, They are experiencing whatever the theme is, so of course they're learning about that theme, but um, more important, uh, they are just feeling good about themselves and um, having a wonderful time and playing and dancing and singing. You
0: know, I've always said, you know, because, um, you know, I mean, it's not a secret that my kids have been through many Arts Alive classes and experiences all the way from Baby Boogie, Mm -hmm. Baby Boogie, which is a class for parents and babies and and all the way through elementary school. And so when when, when people would ask me, because at that time, you know, I had not actually seen the class. But they would say, "Well, what's it about?" And I would I would always say the same thing. I said, "I don't know," but both my kids come out of that classroom and they're happy, they're excited, they've got a really cool sticker, and they're sweaty and they talk constantly about what they did in the class. Thank you. And so it's just a beautiful thing for a parent because you know to come from an educational experience. You know, a lot of times when the door opens and kids leave, and you know, you know, an educational setting. I mean the head's down, the yeah. shoulders are slumped, you see the shallow breathing, there's I mean the dragging the feet. You know, and then but to come from the Arts Alive experience, I mean Energized. these kids oh, Yeah. All the way into all the car. Them. Every time. Into the house, nonstop. And so it's just um just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful thing. And so let let, let let's let's go back. And for and first of all, there is about 5% is the, is the research about 5% of the people that will um, experience this interview. will watch it on video. Everybody else is going to download it and let's do it on their phone or their iPod through iTunes or something like that. But the 5% or less that watch it on video, will see that you and I are sitting here wearing pajamas.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We should probably cover that.
1: I know. I didn't think about that at all. I love it. <laughs>
0: no. So, 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 um, I th- I think this is why because when Yvonne was on Yvonne writes Yvonne Taylor at YvonneWrights.com. and, and, and you know her son
1: has been in our class
0: Xander Z- mm-hmm. is a is a Arts Alive alum yes and um and when uh, she was on she was describing it to somebody else about what it was like and she said or maybe I said I don't know how, who said it but she said well it's just like a couple of girls chatting at a slumber party so when we heard that we said well, hey let's have a slumber party
1: here's our slumber party doing it yep.
0: And we have matching jammies on.
1: I thought that I should bring bring a little like a uh, cold cream or something for us to have on our faces, but I, I didn't go that far today. I'm glad. <laughs> that would have been pretty.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let's go back and see how this happened. Because, you know, um, what you do is very unique in, in, your, in your life and your and li- how you live your life is very unique. And, um, and I think it's probably based on the sum of all your experiences growing up. And so you grew up in the land of the red buck, my friend. Yes. Which in is
1: Escanaba, Michigan, and Upper Michigan.
0: Upper Michigan.
1: Which is not, you know, you have to do the mitten, not down here. It's Upper Michigan. And what's
0: that called those people up there? They're called something. Upers. Upers.
1: Uper is U, Upper for U and P Peninsula, the uh-huh. Upper Peninsula. So that's the UP, and then now we're Upers. Right. Mm hmm. It's
0: freaking cold up there.
1: It's very cold. Right. I'm not I'm not down with that. I do miss that sometimes. You miss the as cold. you can tell this morning when I was all bundled up and it's only 44 yeah. here but
0: Here's here's my theory. If you can't live in an area basically naked, you probably shouldn't be living
1: there. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> want to be up there. Then. No. All right, so so
0: you and so you were born
1: I was born in 1960, Mm -hmm. the only child to Evelyn Marie Sabuko and Ramo Sabuko. I love Evie. Yes. And thank you. Because he's saying that because he wants me to start crying right now. That's not true. I just love her. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And uh, my grandmother, Ida, Mm -hmm. we all four of us lived above a restaurant that they all ran called Marco's Restaurant. It was a 24-hour restaurant and uh, we had big banquet rooms and the reason i'm bringing this up is because the banquet rooms had a stage Uh oh. <laughs> and you can see where this is going uh-huh. and uh, yeah pretty much i would um be up there with microphones and piano and dancing around and then um the um, employees of the restaurant would uh, hear me say come watch me <laughs> and so they'd peek their head in. Nice Tina. Okay. Goodbye. We have to go back to work. Right. So yeah, that was that's where it all started. All right, so
0: just to sum it up, we have a 24-hour well, you call it a restaurant. It's a 24-hour theater.
1: <laughs> the theater, yes.
0: Customers or I mean, you know, patrons and attendees at the theater 24 hours a day with a with a stage and a microphone. All for you is this is in your mind. They happen to be eating, right?
1: (laughs) Well, the people that were eating weren't where I was. uh I didn't, I didn't entertain the masses. Uh, Although I did, I'd go out with the customers and draw them pictures Uh and uh, just visit with them. You know, all the time. So there was people. There were people around all the time. Right. Only child.
0: Only child. And then, and so this was your, this was your family the the your the, the, and, and the customers, all part of the family, all yep. part of the daily experience, yes. 24 hours a day. People that work there, right? And so at night, you lived above the restaurant. Yes. And would you come down at night as well and kind of see what's going on and who's there?
1: Um, well, what was fun was ever since I can remember being very little, um, the, this was, you know, back in the day when there wasn't a lot of things around to do, like, after the bars closed yeah. which was big in the up so and probably still is it's cold man. right i know you have to be doing something keeping warm and so um the bar crowd mm-hmm. would come in starting about one thirty or 2 and sometimes there were so many people that my mom would um wake me up to come downstairs to hold the door so that the people couldn't keep coming in which is funny thinking about you know uh, seven-year-old right, <laughs> holding yeah. the door so all the yeah. people can't come in. And so
0: your family owned the House of Pies, basically.
1: <laughs> sort <laughs>
0: which, of. Which here in Houston, that's the where Itali- kind of the, yeah.
1: the Italian House of Pies. And so
0: in, here in Houston, that's where people go after uh, yeah, everything yes. after closing time. Mm-hmm. And so after the bars closed, they would go to Marco's.
1: Marco's Restaurant. And there
0: would be your family running mm-hmm. this thing 24 hours a day.
1: Yes. That's
0: yep. amazing. Childhood. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And... uh other fun things of course would be that i learned how to like ride my bike and roller skate in the banquet room so you know they were big so we'd my friends and i would you know run around and play and play on the stage and ride our bikes and roller skate and one of those crazy cars where you have big wheels that was very fun and um uh we would play like there was a big bar back there so we'd we'd pretend bar and uh make we'd I'd take the pizza dough and make cookies and think that they should taste like cookies if they were shaped like cookies and yeah, but they didn't ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had like the coolest house to go to. I did the have the
1: coolest <laughs> house to go to.
0: Yes. And so you were you were in elementary school and all this is happening and then and and and, and how are you doing academically? In elementary school.
1: Yeah, amazing. Of course, I was very into school and loved school and loved my teachers and stayed after school to do everything all the time with the teachers, erase the board, put the new stuff on. And um, You were that loved, kid. Yes, I was that kid. Sunshine.
0: Sunshine. <laughs>
1: Yes, sunshine. Sitting in
0: the front yep, row. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I went raising your
0: hand for questions you don't even know the answer to. You went, just want to try. Yeah,
1: went to. Oh, but I did know the answer. Mm. Uh, went to Catholic school from um, first grade through eighth grade.
0: How was that? I've heard some stories about Catholic school.
1: Great. I loved it. Yeah. I, yeah. I I uh, I had fun. I loved the whole atmosphere of everything. It mm-hmm. was a, a a pretty small school. Um, in from fifth to eighth grade, we had three homerooms. So. How many that is about sixty some kids in each grade,
0: mm-hmm. and and you were successful academically. And can and can can you think back to some of those teachers that you've had? Maybe there's one or two, mm-hmm. maybe in particular that you can conjure up in your mind that really have um, had that lasting impact. That we we've all you know for not all, but lots of teachers have had that one or two where you can look back and you can think. It, it, it wasn't just how they taught, about who they were as a person for you where you where you would walk into the classroom and then immediately you would have that emotion like there they are you know or you know for for me I can, I can remember coming down the hallway and turning the corner and I would see him standing outside the classroom and then that emotion would kind of fill your mm-hmm. body you know and your soul what who was that yeah. for you
1: um, well three come to mind uh, when I was in second grade uh, Mrs. Druding um, was my first lay teacher, and it was just so you know she had like a bouffant hair and you know looked like the Barbie doll Midge, and um, and it was she was she was just really young and full of life and and fun, um, and I just remember like learning cursive in her class, and then in third grade Miss Fredericks um, was wonderful because she was also just young and exciting and she would let us um it it just seemed like you know it it wasn't all about rules and uh it was a little more kid oriented and um there was one the highlight of third grade was um she had this big um caveman stuffed animal um that she I, i don't know where she found it or, or why it was that. I don't remember that anymore. But um, she brought it into the classroom and she said um, that whoever was, I guess, good that day or whatever got to have it on their desk. And um, they needed a name for it. And uh, she put out everybody's name in the hat and I got chosen mm-hmm. and was very excited to be able to name the little caveman. And so um, right around that time, we had a family cat that uh, my dad had brought home, and um, he named the cat, and he named the cat Martini. And so because that was in my mind, Uh I said that I wanted to name the caveman Mr. Martini Man, and she let me <laughs> name it <laughs> right. Mr. Martini Man, which is so funny to me that, uh-huh. you know, she wasn't like, oh, no, we Maybe, can't. Easy, easy. We First
0: can't. of all, the, the, just the fact that we have a caveman right. in the Catholic school right. is, is one thing. And then the fact that it's named Mr. Martini Man. Right, right. This is awesome.
1: But I was very excited to be able to name the, the little caveman guy
0: yeah and, and you know I, th- I think it's so interesting you know this is what i always try to talk to teachers about is like those little things that she probably thought on the spur of the moment how are we going to name this well I tell you what let's put everybody's name in the hat she like, made the whole thing up in the moment and probably today doesn't even remember right how she probably remembers mr martini man but how it even got the name mm-hmm. but for you it's such a moment that's it was like the
1: moment of third grade for me yeah mm-hmm
0: Powerful. And, and and then what's also interesting is we when we look at what we remember in terms of the content, it's always attached to those moments where we can remember lots of stuff. I bet you remember lots of content from the third grade and the things that you learned, the things you did in class, all because of that one experience you had with Mr. Martini Man and how it affected you emotionally. Last forever. Right. Forever. Right. Powerful.
1: Uh, uh, and then I've saved the best for last, Mr. Saracen. Um, who actually I just this morning opened his um, uh, e-Christmas card that he sent me. So we're still in contact this many years ago. Um, I was privileged to have him twice uh, at Holy Name, fifth grade and eighth grade, because he had changed from fifth to to eighth. So that was wonderful because he was my favorite teacher ever. And um, my favorite Mister Saracen story also has to do with the stuffed animal. I just thought about that. <laughs> in, 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 it's all and making sense, is, I know, isn't <laughs> it? It all comes full circle. Uh, yes. So um, every month, every home room uh, had a mass, their special mass in the little chapel, and um, he would always have a theme to his mass, which was great because we we all got to. Uh, participate in it. And the one that I remember was, um, it was something like the theme was all creatures great and small or something about animals. And um, so he said, everybody, um, if you would like to bring a stuffed animal to put on the altar for this, you know, please do. Well, of course, since I already told you I was the one who wanted to be the best and do the best, I think that I probably brought brought about 16 of them, including this cat that I had, this white stuffed cat that was huge. I mean, I I can see, I can still see the altar, all of the uh, stuffed animals. It was great. And so (laughs) he made a big impact. It was just great that he let us... Do whatever we wanted to do, you know, yeah. sure, put all the stuffed animals on the on the altar, yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: you know I think I think when teachers let go of that whole domineering. You know, this is my class. I am the teacher. You are the students. You will do it. This is, there's rules on the board. Right. The rule 16C says that you, you know <laughs> no what I mean? stuffed animal. <laughs> right.
1: You can see I came prepared. Yeah.
0: Well, <sighs> you know, and, and, and what happens is, you know, when the, a teacher like that really does have that family that we talk about, we strive to have in our classroom, that family where people love each other and they want to be there. And the kids are contributing ideas, and he's thinking, yeah, a great idea. Why not? Yeah, put them all out there. You know what I mean? Powerful.
1: He, uh, also, he was um, very into art, and um, and he did a lot of art with us. Um, but he also, like, uh, another, it's like, just like you said, it's weird what you remember. Um, he brought somebody in that showed us how to make our origami cranes. Mm-hmm. And I can still to this day make an origami crane because I learned in fifth grade how to do it so, yeah you know it's like why do I remember that
0: yeah. you know why it is because you loved it and you loved him and you I loved know. the class mm-hmm. and and somebody else with a different experience in a different kind of classroom with a different kind of teacher and somebody brought in they brought to, had an origami crane day they have no clue to this day how to make an origami origami crane because they that whole was such a negative thing and they don't think about it but subconsciously when they think or they don't I, don't I don't want to make that it's ridiculous because it doesn't bring back those emotions right. of love and family and connection mm-hmm. and significance and you know all that that you have mm-hmm. and so i can see some themes in your life based on uh, like like the theme Right. The theme of, uh, you have themes, you're I all about themes. I themes in my life, I know. So when when, when you have a dinner party, when I think the first dinner party I ever went to at your house, I can remember, was um, in honor of, I can't think of Charles his name. Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz, I, right.
1: I, I, yes, that was a good one.
0: And so, and we went to your house for dinner. It was, it was our first time to ever make it to the list of the Tina Sabuco dinner party.
1: Well, if I can interrupt you. Please. The way that that happened was um, my New Year's resolution that year was I had twofold. I wanted to cook more and I wanted to have more intimate gatherings instead of having big parties. And so I paired it with once a month, um, we had all of our friends uh, and we put our names in a hat. (laughs) Now that's going to make me cry too. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Fredericks, for that. Uh, and we would pick names of uh, either single or couple people, and um, there would only be six because our table was could only hold eight. And so, you guys came up, Georgia and Hal, and uh, and the, all the people. What we wanted was that nobody really knew each other. I mean, they could depending on you know who got picked. Um, and so, continue. What yeah, we were
0: and so <clears throat> the dinner. I, re- I remember some things about the dinner. First of all, it was um, was it a stew? Some sort of a stew, like dog food, and it was served in a dog bowl. So there were stainless steel dog bowls Mm -hmm. at everybody's play setting, and there was a nest.
1: The nest was Woodstock's nest, and it was the salad. Salad,
0: right? Mm -hmm. And it it looked like a nest, right? Yeah, that a bird should be in, but we're going to eat this thing, right? Right. And what else was there?
1: And then I don't remember now if it was a coincidence or not, but um, he passed, and I can't remember if I did it because he did he passed. Or because or I just was doing it, and then it was weird that he passed, but um the uh the last he was retiring, I believe, mm-hmm. and his last um uh Sunday comic strip I used for the placemat right, and that was cool that I was remember. that was like one of those last minute oh, let's do this, yeah. And I, we and we all when we came when everybody came they chose what character they were and had a little name tag with it.
0: That's right. And mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting there talking to my wife and whispering, "We could never have these people over to our <laughs> <laughs> what? Possibly could we do? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and you went to uh, uh, junior high, mid, mid, you know, middle school and junior high, and still successful academically. Yes. <laughs> And now you have um, some opportunities for theater and dance and all those kinds of electives, music, right. choir, those kind of performancey mm-hmm. things. Did you participate in all that?
1: Well, that started before then. I, I was taking dance from when I was three, mm-hmm. started then. And then, um, uh, as soon, I mean, I was going to say as soon as my feet could reach the pedals, but even before then, I, t- I took organ and then piano, and uh, flute, the bells, throughout uh, grade school. And then you know you have to start picking and choosing when you get a little older. So um, I dropped all of the uh, musical instruments and continued with dance. And um, about in eighth grade, I really started thinking about, I, I liked theater. And so um, all through high school I was um, what they called a drama freak, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, did the drama thing, and mostly was behind the scenes. Another teacher comes into play there, um, Peter Adamini. He was our drama teacher and amazing, and um, he, uh, went, uh, he passed fairly recently, and uh, at his um, celebration of his life, one of the things I talked about was that he <laughs> knew me <laughs> before I knew me because he always um, he always wanted me to be the assistant director or the choreographer and I love doing that but I never got to hardly be on stage <laughs> and so um, it, you know it, it's it's who I am more so you know the creator of things instead of the 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 puppet <laughs> the, the person on the stage. Um, and I always used to laugh that in The Sound of Music, you know, how many roles are in The Sound of Music? You know, so mm-hmm. many. And that I had the one non-singing role <laughs> that I got to be the um, the Frau Schmidt, the housekeeper, you know, little role. Because, of course, I was also ADing and mm-hmm. choreographing. And um, I just loved him for, you know, to talk about somebody who um, let, let it be, you know, student-centered and not all what he... Th- wanted and uh he was just you know there I mean so many of us still talk so fondly about him because he was um you know the our rock the anchor of of all of us in in high school so I I continued with dance and and drama in in high school In answer to your question
0: (laughs) yeah and so you know it's it's um Mm. You know those kinds of teachers in those, especially in those elective classes, where there's so much time invested in a rehearsal of a performance and putting on this play and the production and the emotion that goes into the opening night and then every night and the close and and all that follows and you process it, you know, and then and then here we go and you gear, gear up and you go again. Those, I mean, there's so many life lessons in there in, ter- in terms of responsibility and playing your part on the team and also leadership roles like you had. And in your life, I mean, it's obvious that you've taken those lessons. And to this mm-hmm. day.
1: Still learning the lessons and still teaching them too. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And so you went to his, uh, his what you called a, a celebration of his life. Mm-hmm. Is that code for funeral or? Um, or? They
1: didn't have it right no it's not code for funeral because usually a funeral is about like the burial of a body Mm -hmm. I guess I'm I'm not totally correct but um usually more of a celebration of the life um like I did with my mom you know it it takes place later sometimes and um I think it was a year later um, because they wanted everybody to be able to come and come back to the you know the the theater and you know he didn't even live there anymore but we of course had it there
0: lots of people showed up Mm,
1: yes (laughs) a whole whole auditorium full yes
0: beautiful Mm -hmm. beautiful yes sometimes i wish you know we should really do those things while people are alive i know
1: yes (laughs) awesome would that be well i he did i mean he he went through kind of a long illness so a lot of us got to you know chat with him on the phone and visit with him and tell you know I, i made a point to tell him you know how important he was
0: When did you know that you were going to professionally follow in those kinds of footsteps and work with children and put on productions and themes and picking names out of hats and games?
1: When I was three, of course. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: uh, Well, it's a twofold answer. Uh, You know, I just always everything I did was was that, you know, I wanted to be a ballerina, you know, and then um, there was a brief period of time where I wanted to be a police officer because I thought, but the kind I wanted to be was, um, and this was a couple months in eighth grade, um, I wanted to be a police officer because I wanted to be an undercover one that would like be in the park and be, you know, arresting people for Whatever right. <laughs> kind of thing, um, but that was brief. And um, I, I just
0: assumed it's because you saw West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: um, but I uh, I would say when I was in um, first year of college, my first semester, I was in education and wanted to be a kindergarten teacher and all of my friends were in the drama department and I um they were all saying you're gonna you're gonna change your major you're gonna change your major I'm like no 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 and then of course by semester end I was a drama major Mm -hmm. and um I just felt I did I loved the teaching part of it but I wanted to do more than um I mean I felt like I just wanted to do more and so um in uh undergraduate school which is also called northern michigan university mark in marquette michigan um i did the drama thing still and a little bit of dance still and um my uh senior year i took a creative drama slash children's theater class and i knew that that was it that was like when i found out that you could major (laughs) in in that in you know and um go to grad school just for that. I was like, yeah, where do I sign up? So, um, and then I went to grad school. That's how I came to Texas, UT, Austin, Mm -hmm. um, to be, uh, to major in, uh, children's theater and creative drama. And and that's what I have my master's in.
0: And so that was your idea for your profession. I'm Uh, going to, I'm somehow, I'm going to, uh, make a living possibly Yep. And work with children, and through theater, and and teach all these life lessons that you learned
1: mm-hmm.
0: on stage and backstage and in front of the stage. Right. And you're going to pass that on to ch- to your kids that, that that come through your programs. Uh,
1: and and when I was in grad school, I was actually doing creative drama and children's theater. Which for those people that don't know, creative drama is more um, what I what I do now. The process oriented mm-hmm. part of it and children's theater is um directing big people for little people for families um and I was doing both and I loved both um and I actually started writing my thesis on the children's theater part of it and was having a hard time because I was like who's going to read this who cares who cares about this production I'm doing you know this one moment in time and uh and so I changed and did more the creative drama which was the base my thesis was the basis for arts alive at the time I didn't know but uh, you know it was the first 10 lesson plans basically and um, excuse me I would think that right then really was um, the time where I was like no this is what I I really want to do I want I want to be in education not on the stage or behind the stage
0: and so the whole arts alive concept comes to you (laughs) Yeah, as a, really as a result of the process of writing the thesis. Yes. And when did you know that this was a company? This was this was this was a business that you're going to do.
1: Um, I was in Austin and I was um, working on the thesis, and I had one of an. Uh, again, a professor who was big in my life. I like that I can bring them all in here. (laughs) They're all coming in. Um, Dr. Betty Vreeman, who um, I was working for a company that was a a dance company called Dance Associates, and we would go to preschools, and we would teach uh, ballet, tap, jazz, tumbling. And um, I was doing that to support myself throughout all of my grad school. And um, she came to watch one of my classes, and she said, you know what you're doing actually has a name, it's called integrated arts, because I was teaching the dance, but I was teaching it through creative drama, there was visual art involved, there was, of course, music involved, Uh, you know, everything was happening. And um, when I was writing my thesis, I was talking about, you know, uh, of all the teachers, my classes, you know, had the most children had the most boys in it. Um, the kids were retaining every week. They would come and say, you know, is it circus week? Is it garden week? And that was something that I was just doing. So then I started teaching the other teachers in the company. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was when I was doing all that, it was like, Hey, this is kind of something that I'm doing that I'm kind of making up, you know, I mean, I'm just like we all do. We take, from all different parts of our lives. Um, and I was just really excited about doing that. And um, when we moved to Houston, uh, I was like, let's do it. Let's just keep doing this. So that's kind of how it started. I was still writing my thesis when I came to Houston. I I was, even though I wasn't in school anymore, I was kind of, you know how that goes, yeah, just yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, uh, finishing everything out. And, um, and as soon as I was finished and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And it was like, well, I'm doing it. So that's how it happened. It just, I just kind of fell into it.
0: And it's a combination of Arts Alive, your, your, your work with schools and children, and also your work with teachers on how they can incorporate some of the strategies in their classroom. Yes. And for me, that I mean, that seems like such an over. When, when I think when a teacher first hears this, oh my gosh, here's one more thing I got to do. Now oh, I got to learn all this stuff so I can communicate my content. And but it's not really that big of a undertaking.
1: It's just yes, exactly. Um, it is just uh, the icing on the cake kind of thing. It is adding one more ingredient. It's, it's not ingredient. It's not it's, a whole it's different recipe. It's not another recipe. cake. No, it's not another cake. It's not a whole new recipe. It's just In another In your work ingredient. with
0: teachers, do you find that as soon as you get started, there's that feeling of, okay, here we go. Here's another thing we got to do this year. Where's the...
1: Well yes, there's some, you at, know, you can first. see them out there. First, yeah, yes, sure. yes, yes. Um but not everybody, you know, some are coming in and and they're yeah, you know, the the workshop or the in-service or whatever, they're they're gung ho and then there are other ones that are like I don't want to learn anything else. I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm just here cuz I have to be. Right. Um and then, you know, the, the as you know, there's just such a a, a gamut. There's, you know, people that aren't in it as a profession they're just doing it and so you know they're not that interested and but but 10 minutes and they're all interested yeah pretty much right mm-hmm.
0: and we see that you know in my workshop too you know where right. everybody's like well okay what is this what right. are we doing here right and then within it, it it takes a few minutes we have people on the back row mm-hmm. and, and they have the newspaper in the bag and they're, they're thinking they're thinking they're going to get it out and read their newspaper and they're going to grade papers and text but 10, 15 minutes in it, they realize, oh, wait a minute.
1: This is something different. This is
0: something a little different.
1: This is more fun.
0: And yours is that way, too. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. And so when, you know, let's say you have a, um, a fourth grade teacher sitting and you're doing an in-service at a school and there's a fourth grade teacher and he's sitting there, he comes in and he's sitting in the center of the room. And the first thing, and he sees he sees bubbles and he sees puppets, and there's streamers. music playing, and there's streamers and tambourines, and his first thought is, "Oh my gosh i'm I have to teach math <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is what 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 why why do I need any of this information what How is this gonna help me? Is there any way that you can communicate without going through a whole six hour workshop?" On, on how some of this content that you have is gonna help him get math concepts into the head of the kid?
1: Yes. Um, all of the things that we, I always tell people, it's not like we are coming in to try to get them to teach an Arts Alive class. We do that. What our workshops are about is to share our philosophies, and our methodologies so that um, they can pick and choose and use them however they want. Um, There might be uh, a moment that uh, any teacher can pick up on that would totally change the lives of all of their students, or there could be a whole half hour, 15 minutes of things that we do. So we do a lot of different things so that um, each teacher can take away what is best for their classroom. Um, one of the what I don't know about the fourth grade teacher in this case but one of the fun things we do that is paired with math is um, the ants go marching Mm -hmm. (laughs) and in the beginning we're all marching by ourselves but then we have to march two by two so one plus one is two figure that out Um, and then of course you don't go from two to two to four to four that would be easy getting two groups together but you have to march in groups of 3. So every time I do this with children, it's just so great just to see their minds out, you know, there's the one that's pairing everybody up, you know, right. there's the one that's just standing there waiting to be paired. Um, there are other ones that are trying to figure it out, they're not really sure. And then of course there's the teacher <laughs> that wants to do it for them. Right. Not an arts live teacher, but sometimes there's a teacher in the room and will always have to say it's okay just it doesn't matter how long it takes them. It's all about the process. And it's interesting with teachers, a lot of times um, they want to get to the end result and they want to get on to the next thing. And we talk about that in our workshops that um, when we are doing this, the most important thing is what the kids are f- trying to figure out for themselves, and that moment. It's not to get to the grasshoppers that are next. If we never get to the grasshoppers, that's fine. And I and we talk about that in, in Arts Live, and when I'm um, helping my my own teachers, you know, yes, we have a lesson plan with you know 15 different things that we can do, and if you only get to two of them that day, it's okay. It's what's happening, and you know, maybe you're gonna have to in my in my case at one of my schools um work on dance go marching for 15 minutes even though it's a five you know 3 to 5 minute song because that's what they're learning you know they're they're learning addition and multiplic- multiplication Hey, eh? that's a hard one to say <laughs> um Mr. Saracen didn't teach me that how to say that <laughs> i just got to bring stuffed animals in. <laughs> uh but so i think that might answer your question.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, that is probably my weakness and your strength is the process of it all. And being in the moment for me as an educator, I have goals and we're going to get there and we're going to get there my way. Baby. You, know, <laughs> you know, I'm great at the whole family thing. I'm great at community in my classroom and a place where kids come and love and want to be there but and you know I'll tell you where I I really learned this is I had the pleasure to go on my daughter's uh, field trip uh, when she was a third grader, she was in Sarah Cotner's class. And by the way, Sarah Cotner is an amazing teacher.
1: Yeah, Miss Cotner.
0: Yes, and um, we went to um, with the third downtown, graders. Right? Yeah, we had yeah, the third graders got to plan a downtown trip in downtown Houston. They had to do everything. They had to figure out how they're going to get there. So they had to get a bus schedule, where the bus stop was that we we're going to walk to. They had to get figure out how to get to the bus stop, get on the bus, where the bus is going to drop us off how we were going to get to downtown on this bus, and then how to get underneath. In in Houston, there's a series of tunnels under downtown where you can get around downtown under tunnels, which buildings they wanted to go to the tallest building. They wanted to go to the tallest glass building. There was a certain restaurant they wanted to eat at, so they had to figure out all this. And so it started. And and I was the chaperone, as me Miss Cotner and the third graders, and we got to the bus stop, and Cotton and I are just chatting it up, and we got on the bus and we got downtown easily, no problem. And then the first stop was the map of the downtown tunnels, which is complex, and I'm really trying to figure this thing out, and she's not even looking at it. And I'm like Cotner look at this thing, man. This is I'm these kids, and sure enough, I you know I, it takes me a while, but I get the thing figured out, and then the kids go in the wrong direction. And I'm like, whoa, whoa whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And she grabs my hand, right. puts it down, right. and, she, and like shushes me. Shh, shh, shh. This is it's their okay. trip. okay. And I'm like, no, 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 where's we're going? Like, that thing, well, it would take us hours. If to... <laughs> it's, it's all okay. right. <laughs> and sure enough, we walk. I
1: have to say that a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we walk about 20 minutes. I'm like sweating. I'm holding my head. I'm trying to hold my mouth shut, you know, and it's driving me crazy. And the girls, you know, and, and the boys are just chatting it up and being third graders. La, 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 la. And don't you know, about 25 minutes, one of them says, hey, 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 wait a minute. They see a shop on the downtown tunnels. This isn't on the map. And they all reconvene and they regroup and we head, We must be going in the wrong direction. And we head back the other way. And, 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 and you know what? The whole thing worked out fine. And they got to go every place on the stop. And But it was such a challenge for me to not to corral this whole thing. Or and, or even just give them hints, you know. Mm-hmm. Where I, I act like they're figuring it out, but they're, I'm really, you know, you know, asking questions in such a way to make them figure it out, you know. Right. To let them do yeah. it naturally and sort organically. Of going the right way. Right. right. Let's all put our thinking right. caps on
1: right now. Right. Um, well, not only do I come across that with, um, teachers and workshops and, um, in services or, or actually more so, you know, when we're in a classroom and there is a classroom teacher with us, but, um, my own teachers, even when, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, it's a hard habit to get out of because we all think as adults, we know everything and we're right. Um, and that, you know, our way is the best way and that... We have an agenda and we're in control. Um, when you know, if you go in the direction that they're going, it's going to be so much more exciting and educational for everybody. Our philosophy at Arts Live is go with the flow and keep, keep the, the flow, flow going. going. That's right. And uh, and I find that I do that in in my life. It's not that I thought, oh, I do this in my life and I put it in my work. It's the opposite. It just happened. And so um, with the the I'll have teachers, you know, my own teachers, where I have to, you know, just walk. If we're team teaching, um, you know, and I have to just walk up to them, just like you said, and put their hand. It's okay, you know. Uh, the, the that same class that I was telling you about from um, school for young children, uh, Sheila Mcbride is the uh, director there, and yeah, yay, Sheila, love you. Um, she is has the same philosophy as as I do, and just you know, let it go. And um, in Arts Alive, um, it's a a school for um, children with language learning differences, and um, there's a wide variety of kids there, and we have 12 in a classroom for Arts Alive, and the youngest child is about late five in this particular class, Um, and the oldest is about seven. They don't go, it's according to ability, not... uh, like how we think of grades, and um, we were just making a circle, <laughs> and it took us a very long time because um, there were lots of different ways to make circles, you know, we were, what I, I wanted was to stand in a holding hand circle, and I was actually singing a song about that, and uh, there were some kids who were doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it's circle. correct. They're making
1: a circle. There are kids that were turning around in circles. Um, And then finally we got to the point where we were standing in a holding hand circle, but it wasn't a, there were like three of them. And just to get the children to understand what was in my mind, that yes, that was the goal because I needed to, I was going with the flow, but I had to keep the flow going. And in order to do the thing we were going to do, we needed to be in a sitting circle, and in order to get in the sitting circle, we had to stand Um, because, yeah, there was no just sitting in a circle. They had to have the physical holding. Um, Even though it took a long time, they were still all learning about the different kinds of circles there are and the kind that I wanted, and we finally did eventually get to making the circle. And what's interesting about this class is Uh, Arts Alive teachers are uh, filmed periodically, and that's the class where I'm always filmed every other week, filmed and um, recorded. And uh, it's a 45-minute class, and I always have just like what you were talking about. I have the goal that I want. I'm 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 being recorded for my own teachers so that we can watch each other and and learn. And since it's the only one that I do with this particular lesson plan. I always want to get as much as I can get in. And so it's always funny that this is the school where it took us 10 minutes just to make the circle. But then I think, okay, well, my teachers are still learning. They're learning a different lesson here. They're not necessarily going to see everything that I wanted to do, but it's going with the flow and keeping the flow going
0: so you record your teachers mm-hmm. and yourself yes to model a lesson but also even critique yourself in front of your teachers yes and then your teachers record themselves teaching classes and you all go back and share and process yes. and offer constructive mm-hmm. uh, uh uh feedback mm-hmm. on each other which is such an interesting thing because that's so rarely done in you the traditional classroom. Mm-hmm. And you know we, we, you know education is such an interesting environment for that kind of personal feedback where like if you're in a corporate or sales environment. Mm-hmm. You know let, let's say let's say you're in sales and your job is to sell cell phones. Well the first thing you would do is seek out the best cell phone sales person on staff and go watch what they do right and do that right and then after you did that and you didn't get the same results you would go find that person hey can you come and watch me right and tell (laughs) Tell me me what i did wrong what i did wrong and how come i don't sell as many cell phones as you sell but in education for some reason we get locked up in our classrooms we lock the door we cut out the orange construction paper to fit over that skinny window (laughs) With the chicken <laughs> wire, we tape it up there and this is my domain, baby. Yeah. Don't <laughs> you even you know? And we try to do our own thing. And I think in in and I think there's a there's a lot of reasons for it. But one is it starts from the very first day where this is like one of the only professions on the planet where the day you start your first day in the classroom, no experience, you are expected to produce the same results of as the thirty year veteran teacher right next door. Wow. It's 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 in and, and that is a scary thing. Yeah. And by the way, the bottom line isn't cell phones and dollars. We're talking about children's lives here, right? Right. It is such a huge responsibility that it's it's so daunting that sometimes we don't. I feel like that those first year teachers they don't they don't want to be outed as not knowing, or, right? And, and even though we know they don't, of course you shouldn't know. How could you even know? Right. You didn't learn it in college. You are going right. to learn it right here in the classroom with right. your kids, and you right. need help, and. Uh, for me, I think, you know, that th- those schools that really perform at such a high level are you know, those schools, they have that open feeling and teachers are going in and out of classrooms to help and share and they're switching classrooms and they collaborate and they meet and they talk about kids that they share in common. We just don't see that enough. I don't know why.
1: I, I think that it's imperative um, that what we learn from each other and watching each other is so important. Of course, what you're learning in the classroom is important. But if you, if like, let's say one of my new teachers is experiencing something, they might not even understand what they're experiencing unless I can, you know, say, and this happened because of this, or, you know, you chose this path and had you chosen this one, you might have got had these results, because um, if you don't have somebody there saying that you, you, you know, you would never know.
0: And teaching is such an emotional thing, and you get <laughs> caught up in the drama of it all, right? And and, and and it's 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 so hard to think clearly and logically when you're in this story that's happening and you're creating in your classroom that you missed the little cues, you you missed the kid that. And you see the the movement of the hand, the confusion, but it doesn't really register because there's something going on right here. Right, or
1: 20 other million things going on. Exactly,
0: absolutely. And and I'll tell you, you know, I taught at a school where... they tried a professional development uh, exercise where what they did, they offered teachers the opportunity for me to come to their classroom. And I had, had two periods. They, they gave me two periods a day where, I, where and we had about 200 teachers in the school where I could, they, they, they could um, just request that I come. And all I would do is fill out a feedback form. It was all positive, all ideas, and I said, "You know, I'm not. This isn't. There's nothing negative here." And, and 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 I would leave all the notes there. I would there, and I don't report to the principal. I don't report to anybody. It's just me and teachers. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is let me know, and I'll come by. And I want to say,
1: I remember it, you talking about
0: my maybe four mm-hmm. four teachers ever. Mm-hmm said hey yeah come by my class right and and believe me i could walk down the hallways and i could see what was going on in the classroom but you know people just for some reason didn't want the feedback and i think i think because it's such a daunting responsibility we have you know with with trying to form these lives of the children that um i don't know you know it's I'm, i'm still confused i'm still confused by the whole thing
1: well i think part of it is um fear um you know fear of taking a risk fear of change uh fear of being judged mm-hmm. fear of that you're doing something wrong fear of that you've been doing something wrong your whole life and <laughs> never knew it right you know what and um i mean I, I i don't think that people are consciously thinking that i just think that it's a, a subconscious just kind doesn't of thing Just does not feel that, good right right that is a resistance with you know a lot of people with new things they yeah. they um of being judged i think that that has a lot to do with it and and we're not i mean in, in what we're talking about it's it's not a judgment it is a um you know hand in hand let's yeah. go in this together professional let's, right. growth together right right Right. hand in
0: hand absolutely
1: um one of the i want to go back to betty reeman you made me think about something regarding being filmed in the classroom being recorded um The very first time I was ever recorded as a teacher, I was in grad school, I was teaching a creative drama class that was um, her class, but um, it was undergraduates, and um, as a graduate student, we had opportunities to teach here and there, and um, she invited me to come into her class and um, teach a lesson plan, and um, afterwards, we were watching it, and um, she was the one who taught me, um, and I still use this with my teachers in Arts Alive, I was only... When we watched it, I could not say anything negative. I could only say positive things. And um, we talked about, uh, before I began, what I thought my strengths were. And um, two of my strengths, I don't remember the third, but I do remember two of the strengths were um, that um, my movement ability that I felt um, comfortable in a classroom and movement oriented and I could incorporate movement type things in a creative drama because creative drama doesn't always involve movement, but I felt that it it helped. And that the second thing was um, that my use of music helped as well. So we're watching and... (laughs) one of the things I'm observing myself doing is I have my hands on top of my head like this a lot. And I'm trying to say positive things. And I just was like, I wonder why I have my hands on top of my head like that. And she's like, oh, you do that all the time. No idea. I had no idea that I do this. And the thing that she taught me is oftentimes our positive things that we say about ourselves, we are self-sabotaging them with something else. So here I am talking about, I'm such a mover, you know, and, and I'm like weighing myself down. And, and since then I've noticed that I do that. It's like, I'm trying to keep my thoughts in my brain. I do that when I'm thinking really hard or I'm, um, uh, doing something that, um, is new and, uh, and, and maybe scary. Um, I, I find myself doing that sometimes. The other thing was I said, I'm good with music. Well, I had my little boombox and I was afraid to move from it because I wanted to control the music, but I didn't have to be there all the time. I mean, turn the music on and I, and so I'm talking about me being good at movement and here I am glued to the boom box with my hands on top of my head, <laughs> thinking I'm teaching a great class, you know? And of course there were parts that were great, but I was sabotaging myself with, you know, not moving away from the music, being afraid that I was gonna screw something up or whatever. And it just taught me so much. I mean, not only did it, it you know, it, teach, it taught taught me the things that um i needed to work on as a teacher um but it but she taught me a whole way to work with others that as i said you know we still use when we observe each other and we talk about you know what what are our strengths and and you know it doesn't happen all the time but a lot of times we'll see those sabotages come in and they're never upon us from anybody else they're always you know sure us doing self-imposed right
0: yeah, you know, I was sitting, you know, listening to you uh, talk, and, and I'm picturing your kids, and I'm picturing um, this. Um, it is, it's not an uncontrolled environment, but it is a rules-free environment where. But that doesn't mean that you know it's it's chaotic, right? But there's a lot of freedom there for children, and I'm thinking about the schools, especially the public schools that you go to. And, and I and I know there there's a lot of, you know, I was just at a school recently, an uh, uh, elementary school where there's, it's so overcrowded, they've set up these aisles, you know, they're lanes, of, they're walking lanes with arrows, and if you're in this lane, you're, it's single file, and you, you only walk in this lane, and you go that way, and this lane comes this way, and and I've seen those schools where they have bubbles and tails in the hall, and in, in where the kids have to make the bubbles with their cheeks, and they put their hands behind their back, and they have to make tails that keeps you, so you don't touch each other, and you don't talk, because <laughs> you can't talk with a bubble oh, just
1: like in real life
0: right <laughs> exactly and so i'm picturing all this in in a lot of it is a control based thing simply because of sheer numbers of kids and transporting kids through the hallways to get to their large group or their specials classes or just to get a drink or use the bathroom we have to do it somehow effectively and efficiently And but then these children leave that environment and they cross the threshold of the door and step into your classroom, which is a completely different thing. Do you find it hard for kids to go from your environment and then back into
1: Mm -hmm. theirs? Well, I thought you were going to ask the other way around. So that's interesting. I don't think I've ever um, been asked that question before. Um, I would say no. No. Because we always have a closure in Arts Alive where we come back to where we were when we walked into the classroom. So our closure is often, um, you know, whatever, we're being lions or dinosaurs or gardeners and um A couple things happen sometimes it's um we're falling asleep in the garden and we take them through um a remembering of everything that we did so that they can kind of think in their minds all the different things that they did and um we might turn the lights off if we have control of the lights and um and then in the morning they wake up and they're not in a garden at all they're here at garden oaks elementary classroom and they just had a growing garden day with tina from arts live yay and so we're bringing them back um and I mean even though you said that our <laughs> go with the flow and keep the flow going, yeah. even though you said that um we don't have rules and that there's chaos uh, uh yes, that's true, well, there are rules, but it doesn't seem to there be a lot of rules for the kids that um. I think that they, when they go back into their classroom, um, they've had that freedom, which is wonderful, but I think they know where they are. So it's not like they're running around being lions. Yeah or gardeners.
0: Right, and kids are resilient. and they.
1: Although they do, excuse me, although they do sometimes, we know sometimes when they are going out to a playground situation, um, and we might not even bring them into that, like, and then they went to sleep, we might do a, a more celebratory type of closure. And even though they know that they're still, at, you know, as a child, they're not a lion anymore, when they go out into the class, uh, the playground, they can be playing that they're lion still, just like they were in, in our class, and I did learn that the hard way about doing, making sure that we're always doing closures because um, at school for young children, um, we were being lions one time, and I did not turn them back into kids, and um, did get a report from the family that they could not turn their child out of being a lion all day long. <laughs> it just felt so yeah, good. It man. was good, and yeah. so and I learned. It's like okay, now we're now we're us again,
0: right? And I think for most kids, and I mean, there's always an exception, but it, you know, just like there is this emotional conditioning response when they walk into an Arch Alive classroom, the same thing happens when they they leave your classroom. There's an appropriate and proper closure. They head back down the hall. They get back into the lane, and they go into their 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 traditional classroom where they're going to do their you know their 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 language arts. And again, as soon as they cross the the door, they're 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 back into that mode,
1: and hopefully, if they are doing language arts right after, they will have so much to choose from in their, you know, let's say they're doing some writing, you know, that's where they get to make up a story. Then they'll have a lot that they just came from where they can be a lion. Yeah, again. A
0: ton a ton of stuff to draw on. Yes, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about also is um, you have this just amazing. Um, preparation throughout your life. That um served as a perfect foundation for what you do professionally and also personally in your life, and through your your classes that you've took and also your parents and how they supported you, taking you to and from dance lessons and letting you perform on stage in the banquet room. And it doesn't and it sounds like you lead your classroom much like they parented you. It's okay to go around and talk to customers and sing them a song and Mm -hmm. do a performance here and there. Drama picture, right? Drama picture and and. So that ha- has had come full circle when um, when your mom moved to Houston in, in because she you know she got to an age where um, you know a lot of people well I guess we all get to an age <laughs> <laughs> where 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 we need some help right. and of course there's always an option we can uh, pay somebody to you know, put you know, put them in a in a home and, and and but what you chose to do is bring her
1: closer closer mm-hmm.
0: bring her here to houston mm-hmm. and 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 Devi came to join um uh your family well all of our families mm-hmm. all of our friends families and and to to take care of her and she she got to the point where she needed help she got to a point where she need and there was that that role reversal that mm-hmm. a lot of us see mm-hmm. where she took care of you and and we got to the point where now you were going to be her caretaker yes and the beautiful thing was about how you took care of her was <laughs> all that you are and all that you do with your, your kids in your classroom and and all of that. So you, There was no difference. That's exactly yep. how you took care of her. And we would see ev- – and it's a theme day. And here you are with your mom – and it's theme day, and you guys would have costumes on to go to Kroger and do <laughs> do shopping, and it's and to, and to get her hair done. And there she is, you know. At Christmas time, we would have to remove the reindeer your, your antlers from her from the her her costume to get her hair done.
1: Well, um, yes, and what's so funny is at the celebration of her life, and I had put together um, uh, a lot of pictures. I didn't actually do it, but I commission somebody to here take all these pictures here's the music i want do do something with it and i was sitting there watching it for the first time luckily not in front of everybody yet i was just by myself and i was like 95 percent of these pictures were in costume <laughs> I, I really had no idea until i believe we that. we all you, had an idea <laughs> we knew right but really and and there were For the most part, reasons for the costumes, of course, there were many Halloweens, and then when we carol with your family, of course, we had to be reindeer or angels, and then we went to um, wonderful, wonderful uh, things called The Gathering here in Houston, done by um, Interfaith Care Partners, where um, churches and synagogues will host people that have Alzheimer's and dementia, which my mom had Alzheimer's, and they would... um, have a theme you know every time and the very first one that we went to when I uh, uh, first uh, moved my mom down here um, was in September and of course it was um, sports oriented so we got to wear our Packer stuff because my mom was a Packer fan yep. she was a cheese head and so yeah from the very first uh, gathering there was a, a lot of um, costumes going on yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and you know, it's just—I think it's just like all teachers. You know, it's not—it's not what you do; it's it, You know, it's it's who you are, and 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 how you leave your uh, lead your life, and and it's not something that you can turn off. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. The difference with you is, it's just so much. Dr- dramatic <laughs> costumes and music and song and dance involved in your teaching that it's non-stop whether it is with kids in the classroom or dinner parties at your house or taking care of your of of evie in her in, in her final years it was such such a beautiful beautiful thing thank you and um also i mean just an honor and a privilege to be a part of it and watch it and um and uh, just uh, I think you're just a, such a wonderful, beautiful role model for so many people, kids, teachers, um, community members, and um, and I thank you.
1: Thank you, Hal. And and I love being your neighbor two doors down at our homes and also in our office building here. We Absolutely. Get, we get to be double neighbors.
0: And can I just say, the absolute most amazing god of one of two goddesses, god mommies of my children. And um, you talk about a spectacular thing for a kid to have growing up. Tina Sabuco for a godmother? <laughs> Are
1: you kidding me? <laughs> Put your costume on. Aren't you a dinosaur today? <laughs> oh, and I, I did give your son caveman slippers for Christmas. Yeah, so, they've yep. been
0: on Facebook. People have commented on his Bigfoot Sasquatch <laughs> feet. Oh. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's riding his bike, wearing his big, Bigfoot Sasquatch feet all over the neighborhood. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Hal. It was very, very fun. I love you.
0: I love you. <laughs> Tina Sabuco, everybody. Yay.
1: Yes.
0: Thanks so much. And um, also, uh, one more time, don't forget, coming up, we have Teach Rockstar Events in January. A couple of in-services coming to Florida, Tampa, Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale, and then back home in the Lone Star State.
1: Yay. Houston.
0: Houston, and then at Lock and Terra in uh, San Antonio. All right. Yeah, I'll see you there. Front row, right? Yep. You never sit in the front row. You're <laughs> the front row girl. That's because I cry too much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.